Hey, I want to get straight to it this morning. We're in Luke chapter 8. We got a lot of good stuff to learn this morning. Um, And we're thinking today, and Jesus teaches a parable today uh, about four different kinds of soil. And it's a picture of how four different kinds of people respond to the gospel. How, how people we know, people we interact with in our world today, how they respond to the good news of Jesus. So let's look at it. Luke chapter 8, 1 through 15. It says, Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve, the twelve apostles, were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits, and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others, who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, obviously they didn't have ears to hear. He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Let me pray. God, I thank you for your word. And God, I pray this morning um, that, that we would not be discouraged because some people hear your word and do not believe it. Or they receive it for a little while with joy and then they fall away. Or the cares and and, and pleasures of this life choke out their love for you. God, may we not be discouraged by that because there is a truth in here that is encouraging. That there are those whose hearts receive the word, believe it, hold fast to it, and bear fruit with, with patience. And so I pray this morning, God, where we are like the bad soils, God, you would teach us and you would change us to be more like the good soil so that our lives and our faith would bear fruit. God, it would mature. It would withstand trials. 
and it would lead to more disciples and more godly living. And so we love you this morning, God. I pray that you would use my words to help it make sense. We love you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so look at verse 1. It says that soon afterwards he, he went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. All right, this is kind of a summary statement of what Jesus was doing. He's going to cities. He's going to villages. That's big and small. And he's doing the same thing in every place that he goes. What does it say? He's proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom. So he's not only speaking it, but the bringing it is the sense of like, he's living it out, there's miracles, there's signs, there's all this stuff that accompanies it, right? This is an, a very simple approach to changing the world, is going about proclaiming the good news and let's see what happens. But this is what Jesus is doing. He's not addressing real popular issues of his day. He's not being um, divisive and political like so many political leaders do today to gain a following and gain all this sort of stuff. Jesus is doing a very simple thing, proclaiming the word of God, and he's letting it fall where it may, right? And what we see is that it produces results. It says the 12 were with him. These are the 12 disciples. They're, they're with him. They're learning from him. They're following in his ways. They're, they're going to be sent out real shortly. Right now, they're kind of just little dogs just following along, right? They're just watching, like kind of amazed by the whole thing. But soon, they're going to be actually sent out. Now, let's don't breeze past this. Again, this is not the conventional mass marketing plan today to change the world and go viral. Jesus is investing his life in 12 men, and he's proclaiming God's word. That's it. That's it. This is not rocket science, but his investing in these 12 men who are right in front of him made a world of difference. But they weren't the only ones that were with him. It says also, verse 2, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager. And Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. Now, it's, it's very much like Luke to mention women, right? Because he's, he's very concerned with outsiders. He's not just saying, hey, here's Jesus and his 12 disciples. He's saying, no, there were also women along this way following Jesus. Now, they're not apostles. They're not, they don't have this position. But these women had been changed by his ministry, and they are right there with him. Now, we don't know a ton about these people, but they span the, the range from like nobodies, Susanna, who we literally know nothing about, to uh, Joanna, whose husband takes care of Herod's affairs. She's up here. Susanna's down here, right? And everything in between. Mary Magdalene, probably a nobody. But these women were following along. They had been changed by him. And they are helping the ministry move forward. And as they go about, even in their day, not everyone received this message. Not everyone took this to heart. Not everyone was changed by this. 
There, we've already seen some of the opposition that's building up. We've seen some people come along for a little bit and then leave. And so Jesus, I, I think the disciples are struggling a little bit with, wait, why is not everybody getting on board? Why doesn't this always work? We told them the same things we're telling them, but this one didn't produce like this one, right? And so Jesus tells them a parable, and let's look at it. Verse 4. He says, and when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable. This is what Jesus did. He teaches in parables. And it's hard to understand sometimes, right? Thankfully, sometimes Jesus comes back and he explains what he meant. Sometimes in Scripture, we don't get that. So this is one of the good ones where the disciples come and go, hey, what did you mean by that? And this is one of those today. So here's the parable, and this will make a lot more sense if you're a farmer in the room. We got any farmers in the room? Okay, I see a handful. I'm not talking, okay, we got any uh, hobbyists like uh, raised bed gardeners in the room? Okay, all right, this will make a lot more sense to you guys than the rest of us that buy our food from the store. So, um, verse 5, he says, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right, so this is a picture of a sower and not like a, you know, like a sowing a blanket sower. This is a farmer, a scatterer, right? And what do farmers do? They scatter seed, right? Because the only way you're going to produce plants is if you put the seed in the ground and you take care of it. And so it says that he would, they would scatter, right? Now, if you've ever seen how they plant pine trees today, anybody ever seen the machine that they use to plant pine trees? Oh, Trevin has. Forrester in the room. It's real precise. Oh, man. The, uh, the machine they use is real precise to plant pine trees. And it's, it's one at a time in a real specific spacing and location. I'm just throwing that back there. Uh, this is not that picture. The farmer would scatter seeds. He'd walk down a path, down a row, and he's scattering seeds. And his aim's pretty good. Probably most of them are ending up in the right spot. But he's saying the seeds, they go all over the place. And some, he says, fall along the path. So the path is the place where they walked, where they walked in their fields so that what happened is that ground is very hard. And what happens if you put a seed on hard ground? Everybody knows nothing, right? Because it needs soil to grow roots and establish itself, right? And so these, plant, these seeds, what happens to them? They, two things. They either get trampled on by other people walking or the birds come and eat it. You see the picture in your head? Path, seed, gone, right? Real simple. He says, next, some of the seeds fell along the rock. Now, the picture is not just like rocky, 
like terrain, like a beach or something like that. It's a picture of a very thin layer of soil with the bedrock just right underneath it. And so when you scatter it and there's only this much soil and roots can only grow down this much, what happens? Well, one, plants do grow up, but they don't grow up into maturity. They only grow a little tiny because they only have a little bit of roots and only a little bit of access to water and all that sort of stuff, right? So these plants grow up real fast, but then what happens? They have no moisture, the sun comes out, and the scripture says that they wither away. They never reach their potential because they don't have roots. So some falls along the path, it gets plucked up. Some falls along the rock, and it doesn't grow roots, and it withers away. He says, some fell among the thorns. The idea is weeds. And though the farmer had tilled the land and made it appear good, there were other seeds in the soil. Weeds. And I don't know if you've ever tried to grow weeds. I'm pretty good at it in my house. They grow a lot faster than tomato plants and blackberries. and You know, you've tried, right? And so what happens is, though it looked and it appeared to be good soil, there was other stuff mixed in, and it grew up faster than the plant uh, that was intended to grow. And it chokes it out, meaning it took all the resources, it took all the nitrogen, it took all the sunlight, it shaded it. And that plant never reached its potential. Why? Because it was choked out by all the other things. And then he says, some fell on good soil, the soil that was tilled up and soft, the soil that was deep, so so roots could grow, that was rich in nutrients, that had access to sunlight and to water, either deep or from rain. And that seed produced plants that were able to grow to maturity and produce fruit, right? This was a normal, everyday thing. And I'm sure those people that were there that day go, Jesus, why are you teaching us a gardening lesson, right? We know how this works. Yes, not all of our seed produces fruit. And Jesus says, let him who has, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So his disciples, verse 9, they come to him and they say, Jesus, what does this mean? Right? They, had, they had such a unique time in history to come and ask these kinds of questions and go, what did you mean when you said this? And so they asked him what he means, and Jesus tells them, verse 10, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they're in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus is acknowledging that there are people that hear this message that will not respond. They don't have ears to hear it. They've not been given access or openness or a soft heart or something, and they do not receive it or hear it. They may hear the words, but they don't internalize it. And he says it to you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom. And he explains it. Look at verse 11. He says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. 
So Jesus is now, he's switching to the spiritual. He's teaching us about his kingdom. And he says, the seed is the word of God. And the sower is us, anybody who believes. And he says, it's as if a sower went out to sow. We go out into our world. We live our lives as Christians. We proclaim the good news. Maybe we get into a conversation with a coworker. And we plant seeds all the time. Hopefully, all the time. Now, do we? That's a whole other question. But Jesus says, the seed is the word of God. The power of the plant growing to maturity is not in the sower. It's in the seed. No plant grows up unless there is a seed planted. No Christian is formed unless somebody tells them the gospel. No one is ever saved outside of hearing the word of God. Do you hear that? And so, one, we should take this to heart, right? That, that the only reason, the, the limiting factor of people becoming Christians is not really the hard soil and the thorns and all the other stuff. Do you know what it is? The scattering of seeds, right? And if we just scatter a few, if we just throw out one here or there when we think it might work, then we're only going to see one or two or none, right? But if we scatter the seed indiscriminately, just throw it out there, don't know what's going to happen, We're trusting ourselves to God at that point because then we're saying, God, this is up to you to produce fruit. I don't know who's good soil and who's not. I love Mark 4, 26. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. I don't know how a seed grows. And maybe some of you do. Maybe you, you studied that in college, right? But, but most of us, we don't know how. We just know if you put the seed in the ground and you water it, something magical happens. We go to sleep at night and we leave the results up to God, right? And that's the same way in our spiritual life. He's saying we plant seeds all the time and, man, sometimes it produces fruit, but we don't know how or why we can't take credit for it we don't really understand how it works but we know that if we proclaim the word of God to people if we point them to Jesus we give them the good news of salvation then sometimes it produces fruit right we go to sleep and we know not how it sprouts and grows so he says the seed is the word of God I want want to be clear. The only one of these soils that are Christians is the last one, okay? And, And I say this because it's the only soil that produces fruit. Jesus tells us that his disciples will bear fruit. He does not make us disciples so that we will be fruitless. He says, what happens to a tree that is bad tree and does not bear fruit? It's chopped down and thrown into the fire. Okay, so the only plants, the only soil in this parable that are Christians, that have eternal life, is the last one. The other three pretend for a time, 
maybe give off the appearance for a time, but they don't endure to the end and are not saved. We live in that day where there's a lot of people that appear and, and, and by all outward measures, you would say, oh, they're a Christian, right? But Jesus is saying, hold up, let's look at this. Look at verse 12. He says, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. He, he tells us about one kind of person that rejects the gospel. Man, and you know this person. If you don't know them, you've, you, you may have interacted with them. or You know this person. We call them hard-hearted, right? It's as if they don't even hear. They have, they have no desire to hear the things of God. They're just totally closed off to anything related to the word of God. They're not asking questions. They're not entertaining thoughts. They're not, they're not trying to understand. They're not here. <laughs> they're not in this room because they have no desire to hear. They are completely closed off to this. And they, because they do not hear the word of God, they cannot believe and they cannot be saved. Now, these people are not always atheists. We may, maybe that's what we think, is they're totally antagonistic to this. But most of these people are intensely religious, just for something else. Intensely religious about fill in the blank. And they're so closed off to the gospel. And so if you can think of people in your family, your friends, co-workers today, that are like this, that are like the path, what do they need? What do we need to be praying we need to pray that their heart is tilled up, that something in their life would happen so that they are open to hearing, right? Open to a conversation. They may not, that may not mean that they're going to believe and start coming to church, but we need to be praying that God would do something in their life to open their ears, to open their heart, to be receptive to the word of God. Can we take just a minute and just pray for that? Can we just do that? Just real quick, think of someone in your life that's hard-hearted. And let's just take 30 seconds and let's pray that God would soften their hearts so that they would hear it and believe it. God, we pray for those people in our life that are hard-hearted, who want nothing to do with any conversation about you. God, I pray that you would soften their hearts. You would till up the soil of their life and make them open and receptive to a conversation. God, may we, uh, God, we can't do that. Only you can. And so I pray that you would do that so that we can continue to scatter seed and it not be plucked up or trampled underfoot, God. God, we pray for these people that we're thinking of right now. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Next, he talks about the rock, the rocky soil. Verse 13, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. Some people hear the gospel, and they respond, right? They respond maybe immediately or within a short amount of time. 
and they make a profession of faith. Maybe they're baptized. Maybe they start coming and sitting in a pew. Maybe they start coming to your life group, right? And it's interesting in here, he says that typically this is done with great emotion. The ones on the rock are those that hear the word, they receive it with joy, right? This is so many of my times at youth camp in the past. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of emotion around the word of God and making a decision. And there's a lot of them that are the rocks, right? These kind of people have faith for a time, but eventually, because they do not grow roots, they do not get nourishment, they do not establish themselves, they do not mature, they fall away. So many times these people believe for all kinds of wrong reasons. And and, and I'm not hating on the fact of this, but I'm just saying this is how it goes. Maybe they've had a life tragedy. Maybe they've had a broken relationship. Maybe they've, they've had something really terrible happen and they're looking for comfort. And so they come to Jesus and they hear about this good news and they receive it with joy. And I think they really do hear it and believe it. But what happens after that? Nothing. God uses those things to draw people to himself, but he doesn't want us to stay shallow. He wants us to grow roots. Let me say this. Emotion is not the true characteristic, the key characteristic of real faith. Right? Emotion is not bad. It comes and it goes. It's fickle like the wind. It's here and then it's gone. Emotion can be a good thing and sometimes it does accompany salvation. Right? We should be a joyful people. But in this parable, emotion is not the key. What's the key? Endurance. Faithfulness. Patience. Fruit. Right? That's the, the key marker of true faith. So, listen, my wife, you've probably seen her down here. She's either on her knees or hands raised during worship. I'm more of a hands and pockets kind of guy, right? You might have heard some of the most excellent way people clapping. You may not be a clapper during worship. Emotion has zero to do with true faith, good or bad. Lots of emotion, no emotion. The point is, how's our heart, right? What's the condition of our heart is what matters, And he says that that these people are those who receive it with joy, but because they do not grow roots, they do not stay disciplined in knowing God's word, spending time with God, being involved in Christian community, worship, they don't do those things, they fall away. The trials and temptations of this life push them away. Can we pray for these people real quick? Because we can all think of somebody who used to sit in a pew by us or used to come to youth group with us or used to be a part of this with us but has fallen away. Can we just pray for those people real fast? God, we pray for our friends who we once worshipped with and we once praised you with and we once studied your word with, God. And... God, we've seen them walk away. We've seen them fall away. God, I pray, God, that you would restore them. God, you would help them grow roots down deep into your word, the thing that gives life. You would use us and and, and life situations, God, to do that. God, help them to grow deep roots so that they would mature, so that they would grow up and that they would bear fruit. God, we want to see them back. We long to see them back. 
And we love you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. I got to hurry. Verse 14. He says, and as for what fell among thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. See, some people hear the gospel, they begin to grow, but as they grow up, they grow right up with the cares of this world, the, the pleasures of this life, as it says, Sometimes sinful, sometimes not sinful, right? But some other purpose or pleasure or something eventually chokes out their faith. And we can all think of people like this. That used to have faith. That used to come to worship. That used to be a part of this. That used to be committed. But something in their life, whether sinful or not sinful, just life, a, a, a care, a a situation has choked out their faith. We can all think of people like this. They used to have this vibrant faith, but it's dwindled and it's immature and it's not producing fruit. These kind of people like to keep their one foot in their faith and another foot in their care or pleasure or whatever. Right? They're hedging their bets. They're not sure, are they really all in? Are they really, uh, maybe I'll go back to this. They're not really submitting all of their life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life, making money, all those sorts of things. But if that chokes out our relationship with God, then he says we have missed it. Those who have true faith see the value. Jesus says the kingdom of God is if, if a man found a treasure in a field and he went and he sold everything to buy that field. True faith, people see the value and the, the immense treasure that true faith is. And they know that the cares and pleasures of this world, although important, are not the most important thing. And so we need to pray for these people. We need to pray that they would taste and see that the Lord is good. So can we? I know I'm running over time. It's okay. Let's pray for them real fast. Think of those people in your life that you've seen the cares of this world. And maybe it's you. Maybe you want to pray for yourself at this moment. God, we pray for our friends who we've seen your word established in their hearts and it's grown up. God, but it's not matured. Because, because of, of all kinds of other things that they've allowed to choke out their faith. God, I pray that you would root up those weeds. You would take out those thorns and thistles from them so that they can mature in their faith. So that they can bear fruit in their faith. So that, that they would see you and what you offer as an immense treasure for us. God, do what only you can do. We pray that you would bring them back to you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Verse 15, so we don't get discouraged this morning. And as for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. The other three, at times they appear to be Christians, but this good soil are the only ones who grow up, 
who mature and they bear fruit. It says that they hold fast to the word. They hear it and they hold fast to it. They grow roots down deep into the word because that's what produces fruit is God's word. Man, we should pray that we would be like this, right? Because I think every single one of us in here can identify with the other three. Amen? Right? Sometimes I'm hard-hearted, God. Sometimes I'm rocky soil and I'm just living this shallow Christianity. And sometimes I'm too concerned with the things of this world and all these other cares and pleasures and riches. And, and God, I, I know what you started in me, you're going to finish. And so, God, make me good soil that produces fruit and matures. Right? I can, I can feel this in my bones today that I am all four. I'm not just one. And so, man, i got to wrap this up. Here's just a few key applications for us. One is evangelism. We are called to be sowers, to scatter seed. We are not called to be cold necessarily to go and pick out, well, I think that's good soil right there, so I'm going to go talk to him. That's not our job. Our job is to scatter seed indiscriminately. And let me just tell you this, that frees us up a whole lot because we're not responsible for the results. We aren't. God is. God's word is responsible, not us. I think the second way it applies to us is for prayer, right? We need to pray for these people in our life that we see that are, that are like this and pray that God would do something in them. But lastly, man... For us, for our own selves, when we are soil like these others, one, we need to hear the word. We need to prioritize hearing the word, whether that's reading it in a Bible study, coming to church, going to life group, whatever it is. We need to hear the word because that's what produces fruit in our life. We need to grow deep roots we are not meant to remain shallow because we will not mature. We will be blown by the cares and trials and temptations of this life. We have to grow deep roots in spiritual disciplines, in prayer, in study of God's word, in evangelism, in worship. We have to grow deep roots. We have to take out the weeds. That's everybody's least favorite job in a garden ever. No one likes weeding, weed eating, however you say that. No one likes it, but we need to. We have to uproot things in our life that distract us from the main thing. And lastly, we have to pray that God would produce fruit in our own life. Godly living and then making other disciples, because only he can. Let me pray this morning. God, I thank you for your word and... Uh, God, just forgive me and my hard heart. God, forgive me and my distracted priorities. Forgive me, God, for all the ways that I, that I want to remain shallow and not press in and not sell everything and buy the field and go all in. God, I pray this morning, God, that you would forgive me for that. God, I pray that you would till up the soil of my heart. God, you would help me to grow deep roots. God, and you would, 
you would establish me and, and us and our church, God, so that we would, over time, hold fast to it, to endure trial and temptation, to grow into maturity, and to bear fruit. God, do what only you can do. So much of this is on you, and so we entrust it to you. God, things that we are not responsible or capable of doing. God, I pray that some today would hear the good news of the gospel, that Jesus died in our place so that we could be saved and have a relationship with you, God. And I pray that some would hear that, God, and their heart would be good soil, and it would spring up. And may there be joy and deep roots and maturity and fruit for years to come. God, we love you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen.